This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Ely on the volley! What a finish! Gotti Kinda has struck! It falls to Polito and he puts it in! To Johnny Russell, first time shot! And Johnny Russell has a hat trick! The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Our beautiful studios presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And of course, we enjoy this show every single week. And we appreciate you listening on Sports Radio 810. Downloading the podcast at the 810 app or on Spotify, iTunes. Watching us, the, the beautiful face of Connor McCourt and <laughs> Ali Trost and me uh, in a hat. The, that covering up my face as much as possible um, on the, the YouTube page and the 810 Facebook page as well. Guys, we're going to jump right into it because we have a busy show today. We're going to recap the Austin FC match. We're going to talk with Daniel Shallowy, who scored another goal in that game. Uh, four goals now on the on the season for Daniel Shallowy. We're going to talk with Tom Bogert, who is breaking more news. It's it's the weekly Jean-Luc Cabusio update. Uh, that's part of that. Let me just make that a feature. Maybe we could sell that. Sales yeah. staff, sales <laughs> staff, if you're out there, Abusio update. We can sell that. We're going to talk with Tom Bogart about that. And we're going to preview the match coming up big one on the road at the Portland Timbers on Saturday. So, guys, let's jump right into it. Allie, how are you? I'm doing well. No complaints. Connell, you got your, your Gaelic football jersey on today. I'm liking that. How are you feeling? Fantastic, mate. Weather's great. Oh, man, it's nice and hot out. Everybody wanted the warm weather and the rain to go away. Here we are. It's I'm ready summertime. for it. I will take this over... Yeah. 20 straight days of rain any day. No, you're not, I know, no you're not wearing your sweater? I know, I'm not, wearing, I'm not wearing on. a turtleneck. Still long sleeve. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> once we get past 100, maybe I'll uh, put a tank top on. All right, let's, guys, let's get, let's get into it. Uh, Sporting Kansas City won, Austin FC won. Allie, Austin are outshot by Sporting Kansas City 32 to – I'm sorry, Sporting Kansas City outshoot Austin 32 to 9 in this game, but they split the points, and you had a good view on the sidelines. First of all, how was it? How did you like the new gig? It was awesome. It was so cool being down there, and you can just kind of see and hear everything, especially, I, I mean, you feel like in that second half, how many, because when sporting, because I sit right in the corner where the away tunnel is, so. For now, during well, COVID now. protocols. Hopefully COVID we're going to have protocol. you back out near the, the halfway line here pretty soon, but yes, for pro- COVID protocols now. But one thing I did enjoy was I think sporting had like, man, six or, or more corner kicks in that second half when they were attacking towards the mm-hmm. south stand. So I got to see, you know, Johnny, Busio, you know, just see up close their attempts there. And, man, I mean, they were just knocking on the door, but got to see a lot of great Stuver saves up close as well. And, I mean, I was really impressed. Just one takeaway for me, Sporting created a ton of chances. I mean, they they had the better of Austin in that game. They were on the front foot. They were – I think when you look at the passing chart, only um, Zussi and Elie – were consistently behind half field. I mean, every single player was pushed in Austin's in Austin's half, and they were just bringing the pressure all game long. But Stuver had the game of his life again. I mean, I feel like he had a just mm-hmm. a couple of fantastic games against Sporting so far this season, and they just couldn't get another one in the back of the net. But uh, I thought the attitude from the team after the game was overall positive, despite you know not being able to put away. Uh, more than just that one goal. And, you know, at the end of the day, you get Alan Polito back, you get Gotti Kinda back against Portland next weekend. Um, there's some positive takeaways, and one of them for me was Felipe Hernandez. I thought he was, you know, just 
bringing a ton of grit and just was all over the field, throwing himself into the box, getting in some good scoring positions and helping create as well. So I was overall impressed, but got to finish a few more chances. I agreed on, on Felipe Hernandez, by the way. And my son, my 11-year-old son, after the game said to me, that number 21 came in and played really, really well, Dad. And I'm like, oh, I like the fact that you're paying attention, yeah. not just to the goal scoring that's stuff. hard to do as well. Like, yeah. trying, yeah. coming off the bench, trying to get up to the mm-hmm. speed of everyone else mm-hmm. just before halftime as well. It's a tough tough gig, like, but he, he coped well. He looked like looked like there was a lot of chances going forward that he was not only at the on the end of, but was creating as well. Thought he might have a chance at that first MLS goal for him oh, in this game. Oh, he was so close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Connell, what Ali said there, is it as simple as that? I mean, I heard a lot of people after the game suggesting, look, that's why Alan Polito's making all the money. Guy Dequinda as well. If those two guys are on the field, maybe it's 4-1, to 3-1, to one, something like that. Is that oversimplifying it, or or is that is that the difference in the game right there? Um, I mean, look, it's hard to tell, obviously, but those two have been, they would make you think that they would have, had a couple of more chances anyway. But, I mean, look, Sporting just ran into a great goalie on the day. The goalkeeper had a game of his career, and they were a brilliant goalkeeper away from winning, three or four, because he was just everywhere. Like, even the goal that they scored, he was just out of the goal. He wasn't in the net. He was down already, had saved the first shot, and the ball just fell kindly to the shallowy. But he was brilliant. And Austin, are, I think Austin will be a tricky team for some for some teams who they're coming up against. Going away from home, they like to sit back and soak up pressure, and then yep. there's... They're hard. They hit you on the counter, and they're quick, and they have good, skillful players. So I can see. I don't think a one-one draw, like four points taken off them. I don't think a lot of teams will do that this year. So, not a terrible result, and of course, lots of lots of uh, chances created and stuff. But yeah, getting your two best goal scorers back, you should put uh, put more of those away. Well, and Austin puts away one of just two shots on target. Right. So that was just you know a very opportunistic. Uh, offensive, uh, I mean, it was just an opportunistic Austin side. They got lucky on the one opportunity. They should have actually probably had a couple more. I mean, it, mm-hmm. they did put themselves yeah, in some chances. dangerous uh, positions. But, you know, I, I don't think it's oversimplifying to say that, you know, you get Polito and Kinda back and it's, you know, a 4-1 game. I think you get a different goalkeeper in net and it's a different game. Because, right. I mean, some of those chances for sporting, the saves that Stuver made were world class like those are I mean he he is the reason that Austin walked away with the point in that game in my opinion and I was really impressed you know with some of Daniel Shallowy's chances I mean Johnny Russell puts away that chest to foot volley mid sprint that's one of automatically best goals in CMP history right there so you know I think they just got a, a tad bit unlucky but you know they were creating the chances which I think is a big positive takeaway from that game. A couple other shout outs I want to give out to Rob Riggle for doing some play by play. That was that was incredibly fun, Racing even though uh, you know, the Enzo de Payday reference only falls on the ears of those of us that watched indoor soccer in the eighties here in Kansas City, but it <laughs> definitely uh, enhanced Rob Riggle's Kansas City street cred with me. Um, and then the rail cam shot of the goal itself that we had. Uh, the lore media guys put that in. I, in fact, I saw Brad Martell driving up with a big pickup truck and a big trailer behind it, and I said <laughs> I never thought I would picture Brad Martell driving a big old truck sometime, and he was. That shot was just, it looked like it was staged. I mean, the camera shot beautiful. and everything. So it was really cool. I love being able to bring those pictures to the audience, um, and hopefully we can do more and more of that through the course of the year. But a quick credit, too, to Kyrie Sheldon, because he did set up that goal with his work ethic, yep. tracking back, stripping yep. the ball away, and then sparking the attack for sporting. So shout out to Kyrie as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's, a, that's an important point because – 
he he is not the finisher that Alan Polito is. There, there aren't many who are because that's why Alan Polito makes the money he makes. But there's also a reason that Sporting Kansas City have the record that they have when yep. Kyrie Shelton plays, and it's that type of work right there mm-hmm. that set up that goal. So I'm glad you brought that up, Allie. Uh, we're going to take a break. Here's what we've got coming up. We're going to talk with Daniel Shallowy next. Then we're going to talk with Tom Bogert about all of this. Gianluca luc Abusio, the latest in the hoopla there. U.S. national team interested. Italian national team interested. Teams in Europe possibly interested. What does it all mean if you're a Sporting Kansas City fan? I mean, we want to see what this kid's future means. We also want to know what it means for us as Sporting KC fans as well. We'll break that all down for you as well. And we'll preview the Portland Timbers game coming up in just a moment right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. Brought to you by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content, be that the uh, YouTube channel, the Facebook channel at Sports Radio 810. We appreciate you uh, checking us out, and we have kicked Connell McCourt out of the studio. <laughs> He's not allowed to be a part of this interview that we're about to do. I'm just kidding. We're recording this before Connell got here today because we are bringing on the man who scored another goal for Sporting Kansas City this past weekend, fresh off of watching the Hungary Portugal game today. Daniel Shallowy joins us. Daniel, hey man, that was not a fair result for Hungary. I thought that you guys played tremendous. You fought hard in the game. 3 0 was not a fair scoreline. How are you holding up after watching that today? Yeah, it's tough. I think I, as the game was going on, I was hoping we would come away with a point or so. We scored an offside goal. I was really hyped. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. We are in the most difficult group. Obviously, you're going to try to park the bus as much as you can and, like, get away with a counter. Um, I think I don't think Portugal played their best game, but they ended up getting the result. After the first goal, we fell apart. So um, hopefully we can uh, play like this, how we played in the first 80 minutes, and then get a goal somehow on a counterattack and maybe get a result for against neither Germany or France. Okay, but Daniel, I know you're a big fan of Ronaldo, so did it make it sting a little bit less seeing the game that he I had? I mean, if we have to lose, might as well have Ronaldo <laughs> score it. Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I thought the penalty was harsh, by the way. I, yeah. I, I definitely I did, thought the penalty I did too. was harsh. Yeah, I did too. But his hand was there. He was pulling. I don't, it could have gone both ways. Well, Daniel, and by the way, I want to I wanna give our, our listeners and viewers a little bit of a, of a peek behind the curtain here on this too because when I reached out to Daniel um, about coming on the show and we were talking about what time to do it, I said, why don't we tape this around 2 o'clock on Tuesday? And Daniel, your first response was, Man, that is France versus Belgium. What is wrong with you, Nate? And I have to say, I respect the heck out of that response, uh, Daniel, because I love the idea that the guys I watch play professional soccer at a really high level at the end of the day are just fans of the game like me and Allie. You know, you guys sit around and watch these games. You're excited to watch these games as well. And I don't know, for some reason, that, that makes me feel like there's a connection there. You know, like, hey, he's not that different from us after all, even though he's a yeah, thousand yeah, times yeah. better at soccer than we are. How excited are you for that game today? I'm super excited, and uh, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, France and Germany are both great teams, and uh, I think Germany needs a little redemption since their last uh, World Cup. So, I mean, hopefully it's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm rooting for France, though. 
Okay, how into it do all the guys on the team get? Because I know Nate and I are currently in a player pool right now. We are leading, yep. by the way, yep. at the time of this recording. Do you guys have any have anything in, you know, kind of in these games that you're watching them and, you know, a player pool or something like that? Yeah, so we all filled out our, uh, our brackets, our prediction. So everybody's playing. Uh, it's, it's big money. You can make big money. So we are all rooting for our teams. Uh, Busio always wears his Italy jersey when uh, there when is. the games are on. So he put uh, Italy as the winner. I don't think it'll happen, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, actually, I put England, France, and England in the final, and I said, you know what? Let's let's have England win it. So we'll see. That is bold to pick England to have any success in a European tournament. To be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, but uh, I, I like the fact that we got a little, uh, we got a cameo from Boost there, um, and we have that's Insignia. a video exclusive. Yeah, yeah, we did, uh, and then Italy's back line has been treating us pretty yeah. well. We, we got a clean sheet from those. You might pass that along to Boost. We didn't take any Hungarian players though, did we? I don't, mm, I don't think so. No. Sorry. So you, you got. I like. I took France to win it all, Daniel. And look, I know that's not like a, some kind of sexy pick or anything. They just won the World Cup after all. But uh, I'll take a team with N'Golo Conte on it any day of the week, by the way, to uh, win a trophy. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I have to be honest. Like, he's amazing. Like, his work rate, the way he recovers the ball. He's so – he's everywhere, honestly. It's, uh, it's insane. And uh, he plays a huge part on uh, his teams. And I always um, – it's always funny to see that, uh, you know, defensive mids, like, they don't get the same recognition as, like, attacking player, whatever. And, uh, obviously, I'm an... It would be nice to see Kante get uh, more recognition, maybe get a bond or a nomination or something. I, I think he deserves it full. Yeah, if, if he goes out and France wins the Euro, I think you got a real case for that. All right, Daniel, the reason we had you on, though, as much as we love talking Euros with you, is is to talk about you, man. I mean, you are off to an incredible start this year, and you had another big goal this past weekend. Um, I know you've been asked about it a lot, but but can you describe what this feeling is like for you right now, uh, the way you've gotten your 2021 season off to this start? Yes, obviously, uh, it's very exciting times for me. I think, uh, <clears throat> not even I think, this is my, the best uh, like season start for my, in my career. Like 2018, I did amazing, and uh, um, I, I'm having a better start of the season right now. So hopefully I can keep it up, and um, it's great. Honestly, it's great. Not going to lie, a lot of things went through my head in the past two years, and this is just uh, this is just a big relief that there's things that I don't have to think about right now. It's just enjoying it, and um, I think every minute of it, if it of it is awesome and just can't wait for the next game and the next one. So I'm trying to keep it up and uh, keep pushing. Daniel, not to spend too much time looking backwards, but what were some of those thoughts? And, you know, how, how much more do you appreciate this success early on, knowing what you've been through the last couple of seasons? Yes, I appreciate it a lot. And uh, it's, it's funny to see because people around me, like my teammates, my family, friends, they are all super excited. They're all they everybody seems super relieved that it's uh it's coming back and everything's um, everything's working as it's supposed to. So <clears throat> yes, obviously, you know, things go through your head, uh confidence is lacking and um when off season comes around you start thinking maybe you 
it's working out right now and um I get all the support I can and um I think it shows on the field. So we actually lost your audio for a second there, Daniel. You said maybe you, you start to think maybe and then we lost you. You start to think what now? I said that, you know, maybe like off season comes around, you start thinking, uh, maybe that this is not the the move. You, uh, you should move on, find something else. But uh, at the same time, I'm glad it, it, it all worked out and uh, that I get all the support I, I need. And um, I think it shows in the field. So, Daniel, I think that, uh, at least in my life experience, some of the, the biggest lessons I've learned in life, uh, some of the biggest personal growth that's ever happened to me has happened during the toughest times. Um, I'm curious if that happened for you during the time that you're having all these thoughts. And if so... Can you point to one or two things that you really learned about yourself or about what you need to do to be successful in life through these last two years? Long, like the whole season goes down, I can answer that more. Right now, it's uh, it's really, really fresh. But the only thing uh, in the past two years that I really put my head uh, around it is that never take the success for granted. It can turn around really quickly. So just keep pushing as much as you can. And uh, it's... There's games when, uh, you know, you're successful and you're like, oh, I scored last game. This game, it's okay that I don't score. And the past two years, I realized it isn't like that. Sometimes you just wish that you had that, even that option. So uh, so that's, that's the one. Well, we're definitely seeing it translate with your success on the field this season. And, and obviously, you know, we've talked about the goal that you did score against Austin. But you almost had another one, Dino, where your leg, I think, went over your shoulder. So... Can you walk us through some of the other chances that you had in that game? And and I just saw a ton of people reacting on social media to that. Like, I would have dislocated my hip. I don't think my leg would be attached <laughs> to my body if I had <laughs> attempted something like that. Um, but just, you know, putting literally everything out there to try and get the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, you know, I'm, I can't be the strongest guy in the field, so might as well have some advantages. I have long <laughs> legs, so I can reach for balls like that. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, Felipe's shot just uh, bounced around and uh, I tried to get a touch on it and direct it towards the goal. Honestly, their goalie was on fire. Yeah, he was. He saved a lot of things. And, and yes, you are mad that you don't finish uh, your chances more and we could have scored goals when we made the mistakes and it wasn't a big save. But you got to give credit to the goalie at, at the end of the day when uh, they make big saves. So... That was just unlucky, but um, yeah, somebody posted it and said it looked like a Zlatan move, and <laughs> the, as I watched it back, it, it really was similar, but he would have scored that, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stuver's not keeping out uh, Zlatan at this point. And maybe you'll be on that uh, that level at some point, Daniel. Once again, we're visiting with Daniel Shallowy, and hey, you know, not only are you off to a, a flying start this year, but but so is the team. And I, I know for you that's that's more important than anything, just like it is for everybody else. This this team, even though you didn't get the win in this last game, I, I got the sense afterwards that everybody felt like, look, that was another great performance. And the goalkeeper had a great game, could have had three points. But I just get the sense that there's this confidence um, around the team right now. Could you describe what that is like with the group? Yes, you you feel that right because that's how we feel as well. I think uh, the way we pressure and defend, and the way we build out of the back and go all the way till the box, and uh, you know having 
creative players. I think um, we have some chances in games, and uh, that's why we have this confidence that it's almost starting to feel like the 2018 confidence. When I swear in 2018, anytime we went down, you never, you were never nervous. You were like, oh, we're we're gonna win the game. It doesn't matter. We're gonna score at one point and then score another and then win it. So this is. Uh, this is starting to develop, and I, that gives us so much boost. Uh, so I think everybody feels great about it, and um, I, I think we're looking good for this year. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. And, Daniel, that front line against Austin was very 2018-esque. I mean, it was Kyrie, <laughs> Johnny, and Daniel. That was the show up top. But now you have two key pieces added in. Uh, I'll throw Gotti Kinda in the mix as well, but Alan Polito. What's it just been like getting to play with them, and, and how have they helped just add even more uh, you know, dangerous options in the attack for sporting and, and for you as well? They are great players, and I'm so happy to play with them. Uh, it's just, I always say that. I'm never shy to say that you learn from these players. You learn you watch their movement, you watch their touches, their decisions, and you take away from uh, great players like Ellen or Gaddy. I think uh, it's they help the team. Like They're just great players all around. And obviously, uh, if you go out and uh, buy players for big money, that's what you expect. But uh, at the same time, many times it doesn't work out. Uh, perfectly and uh, so far so good for us and uh, hopefully we can we can get some trophies with these guys because uh, I think the team looks uh, better than ever. Well, another guy you're going to try to get a trophy with just uh, photo bombed you a little while ago uh, <laughs> in uh, Jean-Luc Abusio. And there's every week there's a new tweet about uh, what his future is and all of that. And, and we're going to be talking about that in the next segment, Daniel. But um, I'm not going to ask you to speculate on those things. I just want you to describe what it's like playing with him and, and maybe what you enjoy about him or, or anything. Just give us some insight on, uh, on you know, another homegrown player such as yourself like uh, like. Busio and what it's like playing with him right now. It's um, it's funny to see that I've known him since 2017. That's when he signed, and uh, he's still super young. Like it's been it's been five years, and he's still a four, and uh, he's still uh, he's still insanely young. But the development he's he's went through, you could already see it. I remember when he started training with us the first week texting my dad and I was like uh, there's this kid from the academy big hair he's <laughs> very talented and, uh, and he was uh, he was very young at that point and now he's just uh, he looks like a mature adult player he looks like he's been a pro for 10 years but his touches his awareness on the field like the way he knows where players are coming from and where to play the ball when to slow it down when to speed it up it's just like smart uh smart moves and yes we all read the speculations too and you start to think let's enjoy any more any time we can have with boost because we don't know what's going to happen with him in the future so it's just nice to have a team it's like that who have uh, big potentials in the future Okay, Dino, I want to take it off the field with your relationship with Busio because I've heard you just from time to time, you know, crack jokes with him or at him or at his expense, rather. Uh, we were out at media availability and you walked up to the little podium and it was kind of shorter and you're like, oh, is this for Busio? You know, just the relationship <laughs> that you guys have off the field. You know, how, how has it been not just getting to know him better on the field and training and playing games with him, but just off the field, the relationship that the two of you have developed? Yes, yes, we are... Uh... 
we're really really good friends uh not just like within the team but in general uh so it's it's always nice to find uh teammates who are really close to you and uh off the field you can hang out with them and tell them things and um you know just just share like an actual friendship with them not just uh not just co-workers i guess so yes it is super nice and obviously we joke around a lot and uh um it's been uh it's been really good i think uh, we have we have a good group in general but um but it's nice to have um players like him where you can you can hang out with all the time i wish he was already 21 so we could go have a beer like every weekend but we can't <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You uh, hey, still a couple of years out. <laughs> you you've been there though, right, Daniel? You remember what it's like being the underage kid on the team? True. Yes. Yes. I had uh, seventeen. Yes, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't go out yet, like the till like the summer, and then in the summer I turned twenty one. But it's it's different for me because I turned eighteen, and uh, that's when you can start uh, drinking in Hungary, and that's when I moved to the U.S. So I hated it. <laughs> I could be drinking at home, and now I have to be here. But, uh, yeah. You couldn't it's have always... any of that palenco then all of a sudden. Exactly, exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, Ali doesn't know this. I, I, I bring this up every single time Daniel comes on the show, this, this Hungarian liqueur like that heard, I want to okay, get I've from him. I've heard about this, yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep fishing for it. Someday, Daniel, someday you're going you're well, to hook me I, up with some of that. I received a small bottle. I can bring it to the next game, and after the game, if you win, you can try it. Deal? Uh, Wednesday night against the Rapids, a week a week from tomorrow night, right? So that is a deal, and you know what? I'll, uh, I'm trying to Daniel, think what I can. I, Nate's going to hold you to this, oh, man. you know that. So. I, I'm trying to think how I could reciprocate, but I'll, I'll come up with some kind of local uh, liqueur or something that I can toast you with. But, yeah, we'll toast a win. Um, and here's the last thing I want to ask you about. So uh, the guys on my morning show, Daniel, they, they give me a hard time all the time. They want me to spice up the goal calls that we have. And they found a goal call, a, a call in a bowling tournament that Rob Stone, who's a big soccer announcer too, was, was broadcasting, and it was a redheaded player. And when he, when he got a 7-10 split, he screamed out, the ginger assassin has done it! And they, the guys on my morning show want me to scream the Hungarian assassin has done it when you score a goal. And, and like, every time I tell myself before the game that I'm going to do it this time, and I forget every time. And so my question for you is, do I have your permission to refer to you as the Hungarian assassin? Is, are you cool with that if I use that call? Yeah, of course. Of course, Nate. Of course. Okay. All right. It's a deal. You score a goal. You're getting the Hungarian assassin, and then you're going to knock me out with a shot of Palenko. <laughs> After the match, it's, we got we got plans now, ready this is to go. A great deal. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on everything so far this season. I'm really glad that uh, you know that 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 success didn't end up happening somewhere else. That it's happening right here in Kansas City, um, and uh, hopefully uh, it just continues. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that is uh, that is Daniel Shallowy, the Hungarian assassin, right here. On the Sporting Kansas City Show, we'll be back to talk about some of those tweets about Gianluca Busio's future with Tom Bogart from MLSsoccer.com right after this, presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And wherever you get your podcasts, be that on Spotify or iTunes, or if you're watching the video right now, 
on uh, YouTube, on the ATN YouTube page or Facebook page. You can tell that our buddy Connell McCord is back in studio with us now. And we are joined now by a man who's just breaking stories all over the place when it comes to MLS and international soccer. Tom Bogert of uh, MLSsoccer.com and other outlets as well. Tom, how are you, man? I'm pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to join the show. Hey, so look, we, we have a lot to get to with you today, but but what, what caused us to, to, in our little text thread, talk about having you on the show was a series of tweets that you sent out yesterday about Gianluca Busio and the possibility that the Italian national team could be looking at him right now with interest, the fact that the United States men's national team has him on the radar and possibly for as early as this Gold Cup. Could you maybe just give us a, maybe give us a summation of what you've heard about a guy that obviously we care a lot about here in Kansas City? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we're all following um, Gianluca's club situation this summer with, with, you know, yet again, a ton of interest in him from Italy and elsewhere, uh, again, at the club level. Um, and part of the reason why he's so intriguing, the Italian clubs as an Italian passport. And it took, I think, a while for a lot of us to put two and two together that, oh, that might mean that the Italian national team might come sniffing around at some point soon here. You know, Busio, um, they, they have, they're monitoring him. And that should be no surprise. I'm certain that Italy are monitoring every dual national in the world the same way that, you know, uh, the United States do, the same way that the United States got Yunus Musa, somebody who, you know, qualified for an American sport the same way that Busio has his Italian. So, that, again, that, that part shouldn't be surprising, but, you know, it, it, it is true. And, and the fact that they have at least reached out to his camp, um, just trying to touch base with him, I think it, it's pretty important and uh, surprising, I, I suppose, given, you know, how integral he's been to the U.S. youth national teams at various levels. And, and, you know, my speculation is just that, you know, this this is all normal stuff. There shouldn't be anything to really panic over, um, I guess, for, for U.S. national team fans. Um, he's been, again, not not just a part of all the various youth stages. He's been, you know, the focal point. He was, he was you know, the best player at the U-17 World Cup, you know, or him and Giorena were kind of the two headliners. He, he wore the captain's armband in, in one of those games, you know, I, I don't think that it's a surprise that a player of, of his quality so far in MLS is getting looks at other federations uh, that are just doing their due diligence. And, and if they can poach him, that'd be great. And, and it's great for him to have options. But, you know, ultimately, um, it's very early at this stage when, when it comes to Italy. So, Tom, in the in the Twitter thread, it got everyone talking about, you know, well, cap tied this, cap tied that. You know, there's new <laughs> rules that you've now let us know about, you know, as far as dual nationals are concerned. Because you can just run through those for us and make sure everyone is up to date on what's the latest and what and how that you know applies to the situation with Busio. Um, my understanding was all it would take is one um, one one senior level cap in an official competition which the gold cup would count and he's somebody who he's going to be under consideration for the squad he's somebody who a lot of people are clamoring to see and, and given that Berhalter has already said he's not calling in players from the Nations League I I expect him to be a, you know in a, in a real contention for that squad, but it, it was kind of brought to my attention by um, Andrew Biznowski. He used to work for the MLS League office as um, a, a lawyer, I believe. He he said that there are new rules for FIFA eligibility, and because Gianluca is under the age of 21, it would take you know three or four games apparently. Um, again, that could all happen at the Gold Cup, um, and again, this could all be much to do about nothing when it comes to, you know, talking about cap tying and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's I'm, – I'm, I'm not much of a lawyer. I'm not much of a fine print guy. So, 
I defer to, you know, the people smarter than me and well-versed in, 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 you know, making sense of those documents. Tom, with this news just emerging, could you kind of see this as being a, a bit of a warning shot being sent towards the U.S. in a, in a case of kind of use them or lose them type thing? Or, I mean, or even has there been any sort of speculation that John Luca would even be open to plan for anyone else apart from the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, it, I guess it definitely is something that, that could wake up, you know, the, the U.S. Federation. But, it, it, again, it's not like he hasn't been in their plans. It's, it's not like he hasn't, you know, been, been seeing love. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people, you know, John, like John Luca, I'm sure might might have been hoping to be a part of the consideration for Olympic qualifying, and he wasn't. I, there were a lot of other players as well. Um, again, that's all, spec- like you said, it, it could be a, a little bit of, of a warning shot or, or a wake-up call or a, hey, like he – Remember, he does have his Italian passport when it comes to the U.S. Federation. But again, this this could all be, you know, a, a little bit to do about nothing. If, you know, who knows what, what the plans are. Maybe maybe Berhalter has already decided what his squad is for the summer. And, and again, maybe this is something that, that they see and laugh about. But, you know, it, it's, it's again, no surprise that, that a player of his quality and accomplishments already at 19 years old, just turned 19 you know, a month and a half ago, is, you know, going to get looks from anybody anywhere where he'd be eligible. So, again, we're visiting with Tom Bogert. You can read his stuff, MLSsoccer.com. I, I would encourage you, if you're not already and you're a soccer fan, you, you need to be following this man on Twitter. At Tommy Tom, Scoops. Yeah, Tom Bogert, <laughs> T-O-M-B-O-G-E-R-T. Um, but, but I think it brings up an interesting point, Tom, that I, I try to let people know, know my opinion on this a lot is how fast the progression of a player can all of a sudden happen. Because as you mentioned, yes, he wanted to be a consideration for that Olympic team. Those of us here in Kansas City that have been watching him thought he really would have helped that Olympic qualifying campaign, and he didn't get the call. Uh, by the way, Sporting are about to play a Portland team. Eric Williamson felt the same way, uh, and he's, he's not been shy about that. But Busio's improvement, he's been improving every single year since he got here, but this year... Those of us that have watched every single game have seen him jump every single game almost into another level. And the people that, that are with sporting, we had players telling us he's taken his game up three or four notches back in the preseason when they were watching him there. And so to me, it stands to reason. I mean, some people around Kansas City are jumping on Greg Berhalter saying, why hasn't he already been on the radar, blah, blah, blah. It can change quickly. And and I guess that that comes back to your point about has has Greg already made up his mind for that U.S. Open Cup team? Or, for example, when Eric Williamson and Gianluca Busio duke it out this Saturday night, are they playing for a spot? Do you have any indication as to how how much he's still evaluating these guys right now? Uh, yeah, honestly, no clue. And, and you know, I'm pretty sure the United States or all CONCACAF teams had, had to submit, you know, a 60-man preliminary roster. I think the deadline was today. I, I don't know if that's going to be published or not, but, you know, they, they have a few more weeks to, to kind of decide the roster anyway. I, I think that date is July 1st, but don't quote me on that for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty of time things can change. Obviously, injuries are the biggest one, and it, it'd, be, it'd be really brutal to see somebody who, who's, you know, people who may be likely to be on this team, you know, go down with injuries. But, but yeah, look, every every performance counts. Every performance matters. Like, Eric Williamson um, made it a, point, a little cryptic on Twitter after he was man of the match performance directly against Jackson Ewell when, when uh, he played against the, the, you know, the captain of the qualifying team that he didn't make. Um, so, 
these are things that they drive these players. These guys are alpha males. These are you have to be this confident. You have to be this driven. You have to be this competitive to to make it to the level they are. So you know that that shouldn't be again. These things shouldn't be surprising. I'm sure the two of them will look at it as you know a chance for three points for the team, and and you know they'll look at it as another chance to to show you know Berhalter or the world whoever. Um, you know, both of them have plenty of interest in Europe, you know, as reported for the both uh, for the club level. You know, it'll just be, you know, a normal game and, and a normal game for them is extremely high stakes every time. All right, Tom, I'm going to have you put like your analyst hat on here for a second because we talk a lot about, you know, Busio's progression and we've tried to, you know, maybe get the temperature of other MLS reporters, analysts, et cetera, who have, you know, followed the league closely, follow um, you know, young players, young talent. And we're all very high on Busio and see, like Nate said, that progression from game to game and week to week. But, you know, from someone on the outside looking in, what have you made of Busio's performances this year? And, you know, not just performances helping the team, but outside of his natural position at the 10 playing more of a six. Yeah, so um, the thing that I keep on coming back to is John Lucas. The first thing you have to say, again, he, he just turned 19, and he's a player who, if if Peter Vermees wanted to start him at six, eight, ten, false nine, or either wing, he could do it no problem. That is an extremely rare quality in any player, any professional. Again, this is a 19-year-old who has done all of that. Like, his football IQ is off the charts. His intelligence is incredible for that on the pitch. Like, I have had these arguments, you know, not anymore. The people who were kind of criticizing him or, you know, a couple people had said, you know, about a year and a half ago. Like, look, I think Lucio's fine. It's really cool that he's progressed. The person's like, I see it for him as like a top prospect. And, and I was like, I think you're being a little harsh on a 17-year-old. The fact that he's getting minutes should show that, yeah, he's a, he's a big-time prospect. And again, like, I, I don't know if this year counts as a breakout because he already broke out. Everybody knew who he was coming in this season, but he's leveled up for sure. His, his you know, maturation, his progression, him at the six has, has been fun because he gets on the ball and, and, and his intelligence, his vision, and, and his distribution really gets highlighted. You know, he's got a little ways to go on the defensive side to play as a six, but that's okay. Again, he's 19. Like the, some of these things are a work in progress. It's a different position. You know, I think that, that his spot would, would probably long-term be, you know, more of like a free eight and a four, three, three, you know, maybe not exactly a 10, you know, an eight and a half. Um, unless that again, if he has another leveling up where he's kind of creating chances at, you know, an elite clip or, or, you know, getting goal dangerous at even more of an elite clip, you know, I think that he has the work rate, the intelligence. And if he, if he's able to kind of, round out, you know, the defensive side and, and his dual winning ability, then he'll become just like a really all-around quality, you know, attack-minded midfielder who, who can do a little bit of running in defense. Well, Tom, I mean, I mean, look, the trajectory that he is on is, I mean, it's blowing me away personally just watching him every week as, you look, we rant and rave about him every single week. But hypothetically, if he isn't called into this Gold Cup squad, we know that there has been some interest from Italy, from teams in Serie A and stuff. If he does move over there and he still hasn't made his appearance for the U.S. men's national team, does this suddenly become a real question that he's having to ask here? Would I mean, do that other Italy starts looking at him and, look, he's playing over there. Does it suddenly become a, a real thing? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that, you know, if – and that's, that's another thing to consider here. I would have assumed a couple weeks ago that if he does say – make a transfer to Italy and at any point within the couple of weeks before the final Gold Cup squad is due, I figured that he might not be on it because, again, Berhalter called most of the European guys in for the Nations League. And it, 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 would, it, was, it just makes sense the way the calendar goes that 
the European guys aren't at the Gold Cup so that they can have a little bit of a break and then be in, in you know, preseason from day one. And particularly a guy like Busio, if he does move clubs this summer, that would be super important for him. But, you know, that, that brings up a good point. If if he's not capsized and, and then all of a sudden he's playing in Italy where I, I guess it's a lot more people are seeing him that, that are uh, fans of the Italian team and, and obviously the officials and everything else. And, and it seems a little bit normal and, and they, they kind of see, all right, how does he adjust to Italian football and what does he look like here? And, and then it's just because... I suppose that it becomes more and more of a real possibility, but but again, at this stage at least, it's it's really early, and and I would be surprised if something like that happens. But um, again, it's it's crazy things have happened, and and you know you never know for sure until you know the guys in the team or not. So um, I guess this this will be one to watch. But but again, I want to I want to kind of temper expectations here, and 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 you know there shouldn't really be any panic yet from you know U.S. national team fans. Oh, come on, Tom. You know this is what we do. This is U.S. national team. We panic over everything. We overreact to every young player that's got a hint of playing in Europe. That's just kind of what we do. But, but, but in all seriousness, Tom, and I know we got to let you go after this, um, let's bring it home with this. You referenced a couple of times there the idea of a summer transfer. And I'll just tell you where I come from on this one. I'm, I've got my head around the idea that, that as, as Daniel Shallowy told us in the last segment, we just need to appreciate him for as long as we have him here in Kansas City and be glad that he's here and, and, and then wish him well whenever that time comes. But I will say that I'm really hoping to get to watch him play out this season for Sporting Kansas City because I think they got a chance to win a trophy or two, and I think that he's a huge, huge part of – the reason that I believe they can win a trophy or two. Hey, look, at the end of the day, I get it. Peter Vermees has to do what is right for the club long-term. He's got to make the smart decision. You've broken stories about the likes of Brendan Aronson going over to Europe um, and, and other young MLS players doing that. Can you maybe lay out for us, uh, if you have any idea, the likelihood of a summer transfer versus a, a winter transfer? Is there the possibility that he gets sold in the summer but can play out the season here? What are the, for, for our fans that maybe are wondering, like, how and when could this happen? What can you tell us about that? So, um, from what I've heard, and again, things change all the time, and uh, the feeling is right now, if you had to make me pick, do you think he's going to go in the summer or, or the winter? I, I Unfortunately for SKU, and things are pointing towards the summer because, you know, these teams obviously want him in, in preseason immediately. And, you know, best case scenario for SKC would be that they get the Brendan Aronson deal where they can agree it now. So they don't have to worry about questions about his future. They don't have to worry about, okay, he's going to be, a, a you know, a year from now he can sign a pre-contract with somebody in Europe if he goes up after the 22 season. So best case scenario, they get a deal with, like with Brendan Aronson where they agree it now and it goes back January 1st. Um, of the two offers that uh, and, uh, Taylor Twelman and I had reported, um, whatever two weeks ago now, maybe um, I was told that there was no that those were going to be uh, agreements for or the the offers were for now, and that there was not a loan back. Um, again, I haven't heard anything about whether those offers have been accepted or rejected or negotiated. Um, again, I, I'd, I'd imagine SKT are going to do whatever they can to to keep them here through the rest of the season said he's, he's an integral part of this team he's a key player of, of a team that has genuine trophy ambitions and, and, and a genuine trophy window so again, I think that they're going to do what they can to hold on to him but but honestly um this, things are trending right now like uh, that that it'd be a summer transfer rather than one for the winter 
Tom, I'm going to hang up on you now because you know, you're really frustrating me. Nate's going to be really, really depressed after this. So Look, it took me Thank a couple. I can't let you down easy. Look, I, 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 I turned my back on my love for Matt Beasler and, and, and shifted my eyes to Gianluca luc Abusio immediately. And now you're going to rip the carpet out from under me on this one. Um, we'll see what happens. But but like you said, yeah. I'm glad you pointed out the Brendan Aronson thing because he yeah. did help them go on to win something. you know, And, and maybe that will happen. And, and certainly that that's something I would think sporting would – at least try to pursue. Hey, Tom, we're yeah. going to keep following you, man, because if it breaks, you might be the one to break it. You probably will be. So Hopefully. Uh, thanks a lot for the time. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me whenever you want me back. All right. That's uh, that's Tom Bogart. I'm sure we're going to be having him back on soon to talk about this. Oh, come on. Let him stay just for the rest of the year. I'm not being greedy here. Just saying for the rest of the season. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll be back to wrap things up. We're going to preview this match against Portland right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB. Coming up next, Sporting KC against the Portland Timbers, 9.30 Saturday night. You can watch it on Bally Sports Kansas City. You can listen to it right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sporting Kansas City guys are in second place in the West. They were one of the only they were the only game. Last weekend, everybody else in Major League Soccer had two weeks off. Portland in seventh place with a 3-4 and four record. No draws yet. They have to have been happy about that two-week break. They had 10 guys injured in their last game uh, that they were without. You remember the old Champions League and what that did to Sporting Kansas City oh, yeah. a couple years ago? That's what happened. They had to go to Honduras. Then they had to go to uh, uh, Club America, and they got ravaged by injuries. Allie, this is going to be an interesting game to see, first of all, who does Portland have available yeah. in this game after a couple of weeks to try to get healthy? I'm going to be checking back daily for that injury injury report leading up to the game. But, you know, hopefully not the international break helps with not just the physical side, but the mental side as well. I mean, as we know with Sporting Kansas City back in 2019, that was a – that was taxing mentally in addition to physically for them yeah. as it proved to hurt them, you know, kind of throughout that 2019 season. But this is going to be a big game for Sporting. I mean, Portland's a tough place to play, and it sparks a really difficult stretch of four games against all playoff contenders currently in the standings. So I think for Sporting Kansas City to go and maybe capitalize on any sort of rust or just shakiness within this this Timbers group right now is could be potentially huge in getting Gotti Kinda and Alan Polito back. Just to have those options, that added depth there up top is going to be um, you know, definitely a bonus for them as well. So, Sporting's got a good chance, but again, going to be checking to see what that Portland injury report looks like this week. And Portland are erratic as well. I mean, mm-hmm. even when they've had their players well, I think they win. They beat by Seattle, and they beat San Jose, and then they were they beat LA, and then they were chinned at home uh, by Philadelphia. So, yeah, it's Sporting can take advantage of this. Sporting are flying high. I mean, they didn't get the result at the weekend, but they created a lot of chances, played very well. If they go up there and they can take three points up in Portland, not many teams will do that this year. So it's another chance for a scalp and move just closer to the top of that Western Conference. Well, that that win against the LA Galaxy also happened because of just a horrible red card that happened late in the first half of that game. And then they scored all three three goals after that. So, you know, you take that with a little grain of salt too. But, yeah, this Portland team, they had to to go under the extreme hardship rule to bring in a goalkeeper from, uh, you know, from El Paso and, you know, that what's their goalkeeper situation going to be looking like? The matchup I'm looking at on the field, though, guys, we talked about Tom Bogart a little bit, Gianluca Busio, Eric Williamson. Those guys are playing for their clubs, but they're also playing to try to get a spot on their country team. Maybe they both will be on the national team 
for the Gold Cup as well. But uh, I think that's an intriguing battle to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that one too. And just two players with something to prove. I mean, I don't think Busio's been as outspoken about it, but it's it's still going to be you know, an exciting one to watch. And, you know, Daniel Shalley's been, we talked with him earlier in the show, he's been having a great, you know, start to the season. I mean, he's got his name up there with some of the best in uh, in MLS right now as far as uh, Kurt Austin, one of the amazing stat guys over at Sporting Kansas City, sent us an update during the game. But Daniel Shalloway right now, if I can pull it up, his six combined goals and assists this year are third most in MLS, only behind, by the way, Chicharito and Raul Rudias. So, good company not, not bad, end, good company, yeah, and yeah, I'm sure Daniel sure. Uh, you know, is excited about that as well. And it's a bit of a contrast between Williamson and Busio, just kind of their characters. Just, I mean, yeah. Williamson, fa- he fancies himself, like, and you know, I, I like to see that, and a young guy coming up too, and... So I think it's more that, of a quiet confidence about Busio, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But I think Busio could kind of see that as, oh, you think you're good then? So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top between those two. It's going to be a lot of fun coming up on Saturday night. Again, 9.30, pregame on Valley Sports Kansas City at 9 o'clock. Kickoff around 9.30 right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and on Valley Sports Kansas City. And that's going to do it for us here today. So for Daniel Shallowy, Tom Bogert, Ali Trost, Connor McCourt, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for watching and listening to the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra, and we will see you again next week.